0: Good morning everyone hello welcome my name is craig it's so good also just to see you guys here and a warm welcome to everyone who's joining us online and here together for the first time why don't you go ahead and grab a bible and uh, turn with me to hebrews chapter 10. Uh, hebrews 10 this is where we're at in a series that we're doing at the moment called if jesus and it's been really exciting i've just been enjoying hearing some of uh, the comments and feedback uh, from all of you just about how you're enjoying just again being kind of having your gaze lifted to who Jesus really is and to be celebrating the fullness of his work and I'm so thankful for the word that was brought this morning because I was also praying something very similar this morning that God is going to shift something in our thinking and that it's going to translate deep into our hearts uh, this morning and so Hebrews chapter 10, and if you could find verse 19, that is where we are going to be. And we're going to read a couple of verses together. And so we're just going to start. And there it is, therefore, and as we have been doing throughout this whole series, is we kind of just pause here because whenever we see something like that, it means that whatever is coming next is built upon what has gone before. And because we're not here all day, uh, this Hebrews chapter 10 is, a, is quite a loaded passage. And so we're going to just briefly uh, talk about the context of what has gone before. And I want to encourage you, if you did not hear last week's message, if for whatever reason you missed it, you need to go online. It is there, you can watch it or listen to it, but it's going to give far more context. And in fact, you need to just... it's. You must go back and listen to it. But what the writer of Hebrews is consistently doing is circling back again and again to the reality of the finished, completed work of Jesus. Talking about how much greater Jesus is over everything, over creation, over our sin, shame, death. It keeps on going back, circling again and again. And it's not that it's a stuck record. Uh, It's not uh, anything like that. But um, I love how Mark Driscoll, uh, he said, uh, the cross is like a multifaceted diamond. And so you look at it this way and you go, oh, wow, look how beautiful it is. And you just turn it a little bit and you go, oh, wow, look how beautiful it is. And you can keep doing that. And this is what the writer of of Hebrews is doing, is that there is just so much more to the work of Jesus. And if you look at it from this angle, you go, oh, my word, my mind is blown, I didn't realise what this meant for me. And then you look at it from another angle and another angle and, and you see another truth and another truth and another truth. And it just keeps circling back and circling back and circling back. See, because for us, if Jesus, then my life must follow. And so all of these truths, all of these concepts that we are bringing up over and over again, reminding ourselves about the completed work of Jesus, and how something happened. It means our lives have to follow. One of the things that's so important for us is that there can be no middle ground when it comes to the things of Jesus. There isn't space for me to have one foot in and one foot out. I can't go, I like the teachings of Jesus. He was a nice man. You know, we can't have that kind of view of Jesus. You know, there's, uh, or C.S. Lewis has said, you know, it's, he's either a lunatic or Lord. You know, Paul goes, we pitied most if Jesus didn't rise again from the dead. And so we're in this space where it's either all true or, or we're a joke. And because for us, we root everything we believe in something that happened. It's the work of Jesus Christ that he physically died on the cross, that he physically rose again, that He has physically ascended to the right hand of the Father and that He is going to physically return. Because that happened, that changes everything for us. Therefore, everything said about Jesus is true. And this is something that the writer of Hebrews, Paul, is so concerned about. And he keeps coming back and he keeps coming back to this truth because if Jesus, then something must follow in my life. So once again, we're at that place. So we're at the therefore and so the summary of that therefore is found in verse 18. It's just one up when it says, and where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. What he's been speaking about in the passage is what Steve spoke about last week. He's talking again about the role of Jesus as our high priest. He's talking about how Jesus on our behalf made sacrifice for our sin and how Him dying, His blood being spilt for our sin, is completely sufficient for us his blood being spilled means my sin is forgiven that's why it says and where there has been forgiveness talking about sin there is no longer any sacrifice for sin we don't go into the old testament practices of having to sacrifice an animal every time we sin because the work of jesus is complete he circled back to the completed work of jesus and what that means in our lives, and he's now going to go now, therefore. And so, with that in mind, with a solid base of the finished work of Jesus and what that means for us, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that it that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. And then let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching as I said this is a loaded passage there's so much in here maybe just a side challenge I think this is a passage every believer should memorize this is something that we should know just because of how much is in here we're really going to focus on two parts in this uh, this message this morning and it's the first few verses that i want to dig into first because uh, here is the image that he keeps bringing up of uh, the high priest and the temple and the practices uh, that went on there so there it says um, we have confidence to enter into the most holy place by the blood of jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body And since we have this great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance. Now, this image is very important. And uh, the hearers would have understood this. uh, The book of Hebrews written to a predominantly Hebrew audience, they would have understood uh, the language of temple, curtain, the priest, and sacrifice, and then being able uh, to enter in. Because we know uh, that during uh, the the time of God's people, and in the history of the Old Testament, once a year, the high priest would go into a place in the temple called the Holy of Holies, where he could only go once a year, and he would make sacrifice. And so we know that that would have been uh, a really big significant moment for him because Uh, he had to make sure that there was no sin in his own heart because he went in with bells on one foot and rope on the other. So that if he went into the presence of God and he did have sin, he would die because sin cannot be in the presence of God and he would be dragged out. So it's really interesting that they use the word confidence because I was thinking about this. Uh, Not that I've ever done that, but I wonder how much confidence the high priest had on that day when he woke up in the morning and going, I wonder what's gonna happen today. I have to walk into the very presence of God. I wonder how many times he was auditing his life. How many times he was thinking, have I repented of this? Have I repented of this? Have I done enough repenting? Because of the fear and uh, uh, it says the confidence, but he would have had to have stepped into the very presence of God. There was a huge veil that separated everyone. It was a physical veil. Only the high priest, once a year, could step into that space, could cross into there, and he had to go with something that could drag him out because of who God is in the very presence. But now, therefore, let us draw near to God is uh, what... Paul is writing because the veil has been removed. It's been opened for us. There is a new way through the body of Jesus. Isn't this just the most incredible thing where one person once a year with rope tied around their leg could enter into it. He faced death, but because of the work of Jesus, because of his blood that, and his once and for all sacrifice that is sufficient for sin. In the message last week, we know we have a Saviour who saves us once and for all. The result is the temple, the curtain that separated us has been moved. It's out of the way. Everything that stopped us from entering into the very presence of God is no longer there. So not just the high priest, but even me. And even all of us has this opportunity to step into a place where no one was able to go, the very presence of God. And we stand there in full assurance and confidence. Just, just picture that imagery. There was a time when there was this heavy curtain that stopped everyone from going in. Only the high priest once a year had access to that place and this is the imagery that Paul is giving us through the body and blood of Jesus a new way has been made that we can step into the very presence of God with full confidence it says let us draw near to him I grew up in East London small little town in the Eastern Cape a wonderful place to grow up Uh, but we didn't have very many places where we could go for evening entertainment. Uh, Very few, uh, very small uh, places. But then they developed uh, this place called Hemingway's. And if you are from the Eastern Cape, uh, you would know what I'm talking about. Kind of like uh, a very small version of um, Gold Reef City. Um, There was a spur, a Milky Lane, a little arcade, uh, two movie cinemas, and a uh, a bit of a casino and hotel vibe going on there but that was kind of it for for most friday nights or saturday nights and so myself and my friends decided we were going to go to hemingway's we're going to go watch a movie and maybe get a milkshake somewhere but now this particular evening i was being particularly difficult and uh i wanted to go to milky lane my friends wanted to go to spur and so they said craig we're going to spur If you want to go to Milky Lane, go on your own, whatever, we're going in. And because I can be proper difficult, I decided I was just going to stay outside. And so they went into Spur. They all went, they found a table and I just stood outside and I could see them laughing and having a great time. And they keep waving me in and I just decided I I wasn't going in and they're laughing and they're having a good time. Eventually a couple of them came out and said, Craig, stop it. We're sitting across the table from the entire South African cricket team. And I went, you're not, and I'm not going to come in. They went in, not lying, 20 minutes later, I'm still just happily standing outside. I was making a point. Again, they came out and they actually did that three times. And eventually I, I felt a bit convinced and I decided to go in and you won't believe this. It was my friends and the entire South African cricket team were the only people in Spur that evening. And they had spent nearly an hour and a half chatting and hanging out with the South African cricket team. And I had missed out on that whole experience. And if also, if you know me, and even back then, cricket was my life. Well, sport I could tell you every single one of their batting averages. Uh, I could tell you everything about them. And I missed that opportunity And I'm so glad for the word that Sean brought, because this is the reality that so many of us are possibly facing. You're at church here today. You maybe have a Bible. You've maybe tried to engage in the things of God, but there is an invitation that is so much more than church. There is an invitation of so much more than just an hour on a Sunday, maybe some Christian friends, maybe an opportunity uh, to do some good things. It's an opportunity, an invitation into something so much more significant, which is an invitation to draw near to our incredible God and Savior, to be found in His very presence. That was a terrible analogy because I'm equating crickets to uh, God, but There was an invitation that I just didn't take. And I wonder how many of us here have never realized everything about Jesus is an invitation into his very presence. I get to draw near to God, the one who spoke the universe into being. The one who loves me so much that he went and died in my place for my sin did everything that I could not do and then he opens up the way and says come draw near to me and I think that's the head to the heart is we know some of you have been part of us for a long time so you can talk about the death of Jesus you can you can talk about the gospel because it's so central to everything we do here But have you crossed that line, that space where we were separated because of our sin? And now there's so many things that could leave us in that space because so often I feel like I'm unworthy to go to God. I feel like I'm too guilty. I'm too messed up. I have too much sin. I'm just too dirty. I think that's why he uses in this passage, the words cleansed, free from guilt, cleaned with pure water because there is no longer anything, not even things that I'm going to impose on myself. I'm not worthy to go into the presence of God, because I'm too guilty. No. His blood cleansed us from guilt. That sin has been forgiven. Well, I'm dirty, I'm not worthy. His blood has cleaned us like pure water. Isn't that just amazing? This is such an opportunity that we have, this genuine invitation. So if jesus then i can enter into the very presence of god i can draw near to him just what an incredible beautiful truth that he is bringing out for us today and i'm convinced that so many of us are missing the reality of jesus because we've never taken that step to go i'm actually going to pursue this i'm going to draw near to God and so then the, the passage goes on to again some more practical uh, workings for us you see because everything is taken away I don't earn my salvation I don't work for my salvation I'm not uh, in this fear that have I done enough have I done enough is God gonna listen to me is God gonna hear me does he still love me all of that is taken away in the work of Jesus And so then we're encouraged from verse 24. And it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see that day approaching. So here he speaks and he reminds and he circles back to the confidence, hope, and assurance that we have and the ability to draw near to God. I don't have to worry about my position with God anymore. I don't, but the reality is I do. And if we're honest about it, there are days when I myself struggle. There are days when I have bad days, when it comes to my faith, there are days when I I feel like I don't have it figured out and there's days where I think I'm just totally blowing it as a Christ follower. And so here's what this sets up for us is an invitation into the very presence of God and an invitation into the community that that sets up. It speaks about how do not give up in the habit of meeting together, because while we are saved, we are changed by the work of Jesus, we become part of this thing called the church. And I think some of us miss this this other aspect of church. One, it's all about Jesus. It's all about that relationship. And then it's all about how we can encourage one another into that even more. Talks about how we must spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We can't do that if we are not meeting together as those of us who believe and have surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ okay I'm speaking to the choir because you guys are here but I want to elevate that because we sometimes when we talk about church in our minds we go oh that time when we spend an hour together on a Sunday there's going to be some songs there's going to be a preacher I hope it's a good one I hope I get encouraged by it maybe the coffee's good this weekend I'm going to try sneak two brownies And so we think about that when we say the word church, but again, there's something so much more to that word church because there's a role that every single one of us play in each other's lives in being encouraged and strengthened to all that which Jesus has done for us. Let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Follow with me on the screen. 1 John 4 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, so we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. The only way this can be true is if we gather together And practice this we don't work to earn our salvation there's nothing that I can do to become a follower of Jesus it's all him and I surrender to that and when I surrender my life to him and I trust him and I give my life to Jesus scripture says I'm a new creation and what he does is he puts things in me there's a new life there's a new behavior there's a new way of living and one of the biggest Kind of litmus tests that my life has been changed is how do I love other people? If I do not love, I do not know God. That's quite a big thing. But our job as followers of Jesus is to spur one another on and to encourage one another into love and good deeds. John 3:35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another 1 John 3 18 dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth we are the church when we encourage and love one another and spur one another on towards love and good deeds the good deeds part of it we know this in Ephesians 2 10 for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. If it wasn't for the church, we would never be able to have this true for our lives. I love what Pastor Larry Osborne, past pastor in the States, uh, he had some stuff to say around this passage and the church. And he just said, it's so much better than what I could ever. But reflecting on this, he had these three statements and they're going to be up on the screen, but I want uh, us to reflect on these three statements. He says, some decisions are too hard to make alone. Then he says, some trials are too hard to go through alone. And some temptations are too strong to resist alone. And so if we put all of this together and we think about the heart of this passage, there is an invitation for you and I to step into and draw near into the presence of God. But some of us by our disposition, that's gonna be easier and it's gonna be maybe easier for us to love. Maybe the kind of upbringing we've had, you know, sins not been a big deal for us. And so it's easier to let go of some of the things as we conform our lives to that of Jesus Christ. But that's not true for everyone. There are people here who are trying their very best to live a life that honours Jesus. They're wanting to draw near to Him. They're wanting to enjoy the fullness of that life. But just because of what's going on and maybe their past, this is hard. Like, it's working really hard. It's just by virtue of how many different people are in here, there are some people who are sitting here who maybe are just just moments away from throwing in the towel. Saying, I have tried to honour Him with my life. I don't want to go back into the sin, but it is so hard. And they are struggling, struggling so much. Some uh, tough things that are happening, some decisions, as as I'm saying, some temptations that are just causing them to struggle our responsibility as those of us who are saved by Jesus is to encourage and to love people that are here because we don't know who are going through things alone and if we're not encouraging if we're not loving if we're not supporting if we're not leaning into that people are struggling because of it. and so here's the other invitation The first one is to lean into God, to take that step and engage more into His presence than you ever have before. And then to engage into community. Too many of us come to church alone. And what I mean by that is you arrive and you leave. You're not stepping into everything that God has given you. People who love Jesus and who want to love you people who want to pray for you people who want to support you people who want to encourage you we have the opportunity to practice the good deeds that God has prepared in advance for us to do right here in each other's midst to strengthen one another there shouldn't be believers in church who are thinking about giving up on Jesus who are thinking about giving up on their marriage who are struggling alone in their relationship with their kids who don't know how to deal with the pressures of work that should not exist in a church that's often the fault of everyone but it's often my fault because I don't take that step and I go I need to be prayed for I need encouragement this morning I don't know how to get through this week I don't know how to solve the issues in my marriage I don't know how to get past this issue of sin in my life I don't know how to break free from these temptations can someone help me because that's what we're here for because Jesus loved me so much he showed me what love is by being that atoning sacrifice as John said that everything is made possible for me to have my sin forgiven to be in his presence that has been taken care of and for those of us who have it and who get it we're there to encourage you who are struggling with it and so those are the invitations today if jesus then surely we are stronger together that if jesus then you have access to the very presence of god and the encouragement and love of brothers and sisters and so here's the challenge to all of us here, is are you going to take those steps? They might seem like massive steps. And it's the, the step of no longer playing at church. And what I mean is just coming and being apart and leaving and not really realizing that this is actually about a, a relationship where I get to draw near to the fullness of God. And then maybe it's the first time that you choose to be vulnerable. I am struggling. I don't know how to fix this. I need help. Can someone encourage me? And I think that we are going to be better for it. Maybe it's going to be your first time that you enter into a midweek, small group gathering where you can really get vulnerable and honest and have people encourage you and spur you on to everything that we have in Jesus. And that's where I'm going to leave our challenge and then create space for us to practice this this morning. If you are struggling in your faith, we have people who would love to pray for you. If you have never realized, actually, Christianity is about a personal, intimate relationship where I draw near to the very presence of God, there are people who would love to help you to pray through and take that step. And if you are struggling with anything in your faith, in your life, we have people who want to and would love to encourage you this morning. And so how we do that is I'm gonna pray and then if you're okay, and that's okay for you, you exit out those doors, you go around, there's wonderful coffee, tea, and and you can connect with people. But then if you're not, you just come and find a seat somewhere here and someone is gonna come and they're gonna sit next to you And appropriately just connect and minister and pray with you and love you and encourage you and so that invitation is for you this morning jesus i am so thankful for what you have enabled us to do that you removed everything that barred me from being into your very presence and because of that jesus i can step into it your body made a way for me And jesus i'm thankful that because of that i get to be an encouragement i get to spur people on towards love and good deeds and encourage people in their faith so jesus i want to pray for anybody here that is feeling really vulnerable now this morning because they realized they've never taken that step jesus i pray through the peace and encouragement of your presence that you would help anybody here this morning who's struggling with any aspect of their life and their faith to take that step to find encouragement and love this morning. Thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. In your holy name, amen.